is. You need a lawyer there or a judge, somebody who can supervise the search. Sorry, America, but we just don't trust uh, the FBI or policemen necessarily to conduct a search consistent with the Fourth Amendment. Now, that by the way, by the way, Professor Dershowitz, allowing a lawyer to come in. Yeah, they said yeah. that apparently that uh, Trump's attorneys were able to get there. They came about an hour later because they were caught yeah. off guard like everybody else. And according to reports, they were told to stay outside. Basically, well, you I cannot think, come in while we're gathering information and could not observe it. That That's according to I, reports. I that's to terrible. You, if I were a lawyer, I wouldn't listen to them. I would have gone there and I would have observed. I would have taken out my cell phone. I would start taking pictures. Let them arrest me for obstruction of justice. That's not obstruction of justice. That's doing justice. But to be safe, we need to change the law going forward and say that any lawyer can always observe a search. You can't interfere with it, but you can observe a search. You can photograph a search. What do they have to hide? Why are they unwilling to have a lawyer there? Why are they unwilling to have it photographed? Why are they unwilling to have it videotaped? In some jurisdictions, searches are videotaped, but not in the federal courts. Where do you see this headed, Professor Dershowitz? Um, are you concerned that they're going to try to find whatever they can now in those documents and tie it to whatever, whether it's the Archives Act, whether it's to January 6th, just kind of throw a dart and try to find something? I am afraid that they are going to try to indict uh, a president selectively. And um, and they're going to try to do it in the District of Columbia, even though the search was in Palm Beach. They know that there could be a fair trial in Palm Beach. That cannot be a fair trial of Trump or anybody associated with Trump in the District of Columbia, which is 85 percent Democrat. And so they're purposely trying if they're going to indict, they're going to do it in the District of Columbia where they will win a trial. And the issue will then be uh, appeal. That's happened in every one of these Trump cases. They've all been convicted. I'm very concerned because. I'm now representing a young man, a law student, who went into the Capitol, having been invited by the police, did no violence, no property destruction, been indicted for a felony, denied his law school uh, graduation. And I'm representing him along with a group of other very fine lawyers. And we're worried because the trial is going to be in the District of Columbia. We you know, obviously will move for a change of venue, but those are rarely granted. Wow. Now, what if the president asked you to join his team on this? I know that you've, you know, you've helped in the past. What Would you step yeah. in? Well, I would certainly advise any president, Democrat or Republican, on constitutional issues. Um, I'm on Martha's Vineyard now where nobody speaks to me and where the library won't let me speak or et cetera. But I first came to Martha's Vineyard 53 years ago to, to help defend Ted Kennedy at Chappaquiddick. I've defend, helped defend Bill Clinton. I've helped defend Alan Cranston. I've helped defend the Democratic governor of Louisiana. The first Republican I ever uh, defended was Donald Trump, and that's the reason you know nobody is talking to me. This morning we got an email. We were invited to the engagement party of a close friend's daughter uh, on Martha's Vineyard, and we got an email saying, sorry, we have to disinvite you because so many people have said that if you show up at the party, we're going to leave. Wow. What I'm getting on the vineyard. But that's okay. That's just a party. But the library, a tax funded library, has refused to allow me to speak every year until I defended Trump. I had the biggest crowds. And you know what their excuse was for not allowing me to speak? You're too popular. And the crowds are too big. It's like what Yogi Berra once said about a restaurant nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Uh, So. (laughs) 
it, it's you know the, that's why I wrote the book, The Price of Principle, because I tell the story about what it's cost me and my family. You know, my wife and my children didn't even want me to represent uh, former President Trump. They opposed it, and they're um, uh, victims of this kind of McCarthyism uh, in Shulmark, Massachusetts. And the people who do it are divided into several groups. There's a whole bunch of them, very wealthy people, who are just too stupid to understand the difference between representing somebody and supporting him. You know, I voted against Trump twice, and I want to have the right to vote against him a third time. That's why I don't want him to be disqualified. So there's a group in Shulmark that's just too stupid to understand. There's another group that pretends to be too stupid to understand, but they really do understand. And then there's the third group, the McCarthyites, who just don't care. If you represent Trump, then nobody's going to talk to you or allow you to speak in the library. That's stunning. Wow. Do do me a favor, Professor Dershowitz, if you could stay with us. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. And I want to ask you one or two quick questions. And I also want to hear more about your book right after the break, if you can join us just for two or three minutes after the break. Fantastic. We're going to continue with the great legal scholar, Alan Dershowitz, after the break, everybody here on the Rita Cosby Show. And we continue now with a noted law professor and also great author, Alan Dershowitz. He has written his 50th book. It is called The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. I have read uh, not all 49, but I read a lot of his books, and they are always fantastic. I can't wait to read this one. It's getting great reviews. And Professor Dershowitz... You know, this goes right to what we are talking about with what happened with President yep. Trump. What are some of the lessons, first off, from your book that I know everyone's going to want to read and what we can learn and how we can turn the tide? Because you talk about how freedom of expression and conscience and due process, a lot of these things are under attack. They've been guiding principles for you. But how do we turn this around? Well, you know, since I've been a kid, I've been living by certain principles, free speech, due process, equal protection, fairness. You know, I studied the Bible as a young boy very carefully. I went to a Jewish school, yeshiva. I always try to live by those principles, never tried to be popular. Uh, until recently, I was able both to live by the principles and be popular. But then after I defended President Trump, look, I've defended a lot of people who are very unpopular. Uh, it never, never caused this kind of thing. O.J. Simpson, Jeffrey Epstein, and Leona Helmsley, and, you know, uh, Mike Tyson. It never, never happened like this. But representing President Trump in front of the Senate and I think doing a very good job, a very professional job um, of representing him, it's caused me to lose close friends. It's caused me to lose the ability. For for example, I'm very active in Jewish causes and in pro-Israel causes, but now I'm banned from the largest synagogue in New York, Temple Emanuel, the largest speaking forum in New York, the uh, the 92nd Street YMHA Young Man's Hebrew Association, from the Ramaz School, one of the most prominent um, high schools, Jewish high schools in New York. And, um, you know, even though I've, you know, spoken up for the Jewish community and defended Israel for 60 years, I am now a pariah among particularly reformed Jews, left-wing Jews, anti anti-Zionist Jews. But, you know, it, it, it hurts me because I've devoted so much time to this. And I have a chapter on how the Jewish community has abandoned me. I have a chapter about how my community in Schulmark has abandoned me. I have a chapter on the impact it's had on my friends. But this is not about me. 
This and, is about what America has become and, and what it's going to become. And and Professor Dershowitz, unfortunately, we're yeah. coming up to a hard break. Everybody, please, The Price of Principle, you have to read this from the great Professor Alan Dershowitz. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 